body better than HQ, but no one knows what the X stands for, except for extremely good. <clears throat> Here we go. podcast yes and play a game of global thermonuclear annihilation <laughs> <laughs> welcome to episode 182 of channel massive working title is achievement unlocked but we might change it to thermonuclear global annihilation, annihilation. <laughs> hey. my favorite game to play every it's week true. <laughs> it's true we hope that all of our listeners have had a wonderful week, especially the Scots of the world. All three of them that we our know. Our primary demographic. Yeah. Guys <laughs> named Scott. Scott. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're a gamer and your name's Scott and you're listening to this, hold your head up high. That's right. Achievement unlocked. Yeah. Ding! You can push the thermonuclear detonation button. And you, and you can push the button, and you can push the button, and you can push the button. Well, based on our listener demographics, there's probably thousands of people holding their heads up high right now. So. <laughs> click, 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 click. Yeah. Yay! As you may surmise, due to your keen listening capabilities, there are only two of us in this episode. That's correct. One... Yes. Named Noah and one named Mark, but we won't tell you which. It's a mystery. Yeah. Except he, that we did say which at the beginning. But yeah. Other than it was contextual. We just kind of worked it in. Yeah. Subtle. Yeah. So in this episode, even though there's two of us, there's still plenty of meaty, delicious content to enjoy in this, the 182nd episode of Channel Massive. We will have, we have, I was, we were just talking about our co-host schedule. I did mention a few weeks that co-hosts were going to be returning on mass, and we were going to have one this week, but it didn't work out. But we have about I don't know, like six weeks worth of hosts scheduled. Happy, yeah, something we have the hostess with the mostest. Yes, cool. So, if you bore of listening to the two of us talk to each other, be excited about what's next. But until then, be really excited about this episode. We are going to tell you what we've been playing. We've got a barrage of emails. From um, Hilgi Scott, is what I'll call him. <laughs> Hilgi Scott. Yes. <laughs> it's like Brundle Fly from the Fly. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love it when you do a random new reference that I've not heard before. <laughs> I like all the classic ones because I never get tired of laughing at them, but that is definitely that I haven't heard. <laughs> well... But. I'm not drinking a rum and coke tonight, so my personality may be slightly altered. Oh yeah, this this is sober Mark. Yeah, we don't it's not good. Mark falling up the stairs after this is, <laughs> this is like awkward sweaty wiener Alec Baldwin episode, Mark, where <laughs> everything's deadpan and said with no inflection at all yes, whatsoever. Really Ad nauseum. Best way to record a podcast when we are getting yes. to. Star Channel Massive, we listened to a lot of other podcasts, and ones that sounded like this were definitely on the list. The other thing not to do is to have an awkward laugh that you end every declarative sentence with. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean, Noah? I mean, you don't want to do that. <laughs> no, you don't. Yeah. And something else that you don't want to do is make every sentence sound like it's a question, because oh, okay. when you do that, I think the people will want to turn it off right away. I might think so. I don't know. <laughs> it, it's possible. I yeah. think. All right. All right. All right. Right. Shake it off. <laughs> okay. When people do that, it drives me up the wall. So I will stop doing that. What we are really? going to talk about in this episode, once we get past telling you what we've been playing and getting through Hilgi Scott emails, is we're going to talk about the latest with the Old Republic in terms of how it's impacting the game industry at large. 
and talking about whether or not free-to-play games are really legitimate anymore because major publishers kind of come out and issued a declaration on what we can expect from free-to-play games. And Mark and I definitely have some statements to chime in with on that. And last but not least, there will be Sopa Pipas everywhere, all around the table. They will be lightly dusted with cinnamon, and you may fill them with either chocolate syrup or honey from your local congressman or congresswoman, yeah. as it were. I, th- I think that's quite true. Makes me hungry. Or venom, if you're, if you're <laughs> someone who yeah. really is bitter right now. Yes. Perhaps some bile. Hard to say. Oh, that's gross. A bile-filled sopapilla. Well, if it has cinnamon, though, it's kind of like oh, yeah, fire and ice. Chills. I don't even want to think about that because I really like desserts a lot, and I don't want to think of a vomit sopapilla. That's what I was going to get you for your birthday. Damn it. Listeners, if you like this episode or if you really hate this random, tangent-filled, awkward introduction, let us know. Yeah. By giving us a five-star review on iTunes or sending in your thoughts and anchor and coupons for free sopapillas to mail. M-A-I-L. At channelmassive.com. We look forward to hearing from you, whether it's in a giant monologue or a series of emails that's much that's very Dickensian. Yeah. We'll take them all. Someone to hold me tight would be very nice. Someone to love This episode of Channel Massive is sponsored by UGT Servers. When you order Ventrilo hosting from UGT, you get all of the powerful administration features hardcore gamers want and the ease of use that newbie gamers need. With 24-hour tech support, 13 locations worldwide, and a 15-day money-back guarantee, you'd be crazy not to check them out. Head to ugt-servers.com for all of your Ventrilo hosting needs. been playing oh wow <laughs> <laughs> lightning round surprise attack yeah sneak attack i finally got through a really crappy issue of usability design in the legend of zelda skyward sword and i've progressed i don't know i think about three or four hours into it finished the first temple it's a better game than i thought it was going to be because before i was thinking about taking the game back because i was so angry at it I'm still mad about what happened, but I won't belabor that. Especially since, you know, people listen to the show don't play games on DS or Wii. Those are baby systems. <laughs> <laughs> I've right. also become really addicted to 3DS's Swap Note, which I mentioned last week, and I really haven't done anything else on that system. I just love drawing and sending people notes. It's kind of like Simon from Saturday Night Live. Simon. I like to make drawings. I like to make drawings. Also played a healthy chunk of Castlevania, Lords of Shadow. Tried to get my gamer buddy into Lara Croft, Guardian of Light. And we played for a good hour or so. And I thought we were having fun because we kept bombing each other, <laughs> sabotaging each other as we try to work cooperatively to cross, you know, ch- chasms filled with spikes or swing, uh, swing across mawing giant canyons. And then he's like, I don't like this game. And I'm like, really? I'm like, how can you not be enjoying this? <laughs> I don't on. like this game. That's awesome. He's a hardcore old school Tomb Raider fan. All right. He's really turned off by the top-down perspective. And yet we played it for an hour and got through the first two levels. And I thought we were having a good time, but he didn't. So we switched to Castlevania. Oh. <laughs> Which is a great game, but it, it's single player. So it's back to taking turns, but we got pretty far. And did I, uh, League of Legends might have played a little bit. I don't know. Keeping that one close to the vest. Yeah, I think I did, and I think I tried to champion that I wasn't good at. And Oh, right. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> also, something that we forgot to mention, Mark, was that I actually hosted a, like a gaming LAN party type thing. The other yeah, we, we totally spaced that out. It was quite fun, and we played a lot of League of Legends, which was good, too. Yeah, we were intending to play Worms because a couple of my coworkers who were participants insisted that it was just one of the best multiplayer games of all time. But And so it went on sale, on Steam sale at the end of the year, 
And I sent an email out to everyone. I'm like, hey, you can get this game for 10 bucks. Let's be ready to play it. And, of course, people who were not interested in the game and angry that it was on the agenda passive-aggressively decided not to purchase it. The one person who really wanted to play it showed up, like, three hours late and then didn't have his act together, even though he told us, like, a few days before that we would be able to get free copies from him, which he yeah. did out the entire duration that he was there. <laughs> and so we didn't play Worms. We were going to play StarCraft II, but then Ryan was there, who has been on the show before, and as you may recall... He's played StarCraft professionally, and so there was three of us who had barely played any StarCraft two, or at least hadn't played it within five years, any StarCraft, fumbling around trying to build our bases, and then he just goes and wipes out three computer enemies on his own by himself. Yeah. And the game was, was over ten minutes. <laughs> it was quite good at that. And so then we I went was... back to League of Legends. <laughs> yeah, which I was really happy to do. Yeah, it, it's weird because StarCraft, maybe Worms, I'm not sure, and League of Legends, we could have stayed at home and played this together. But we didn't. And I, I, we, there's time, Mark, there's times, Mark, where we had get-togethers just to play MMOs together. And I just loved the environment of being able to I just do too. track and make fun of the game while we're playing it. You can do that over Skype. You can do it over VoIP. You can do it over TeamSpeak, whatever you want. But it's still cooler for some reason in person. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. I just there's just nothing like having everybody around and taking a break and grabbing something to eat, you know, and just I don't know, it's just different. It's fun. I miss it. So we will do it again. Uh, you know what happens? It may be a very old-fashioned game party next time where we play board games. That's cool. I just got a new one, so I'm ready to That's go right. on that. That's right. So what have you been playing this last week, Mark? Well, so I've been playing, uh, of course, uh, The Old Republic, and I got my main character up to level 25, and my alt is, like, at level 18. I'm really enjoying it. Um, Not in a super big hurry to finish it, but, you know, just kind of going through it. I'm being really um, kind of ridiculously completionist sort of about the quest, so I'm, like, making sure I do them all because... I'm trying to make my guy as dark as you can possibly be as far as the alignment. So I don't want to skip anything, you know, that could pre- would not give me the opportunity <laughs> the to do something evil. Of black. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's funny. His appearance is definitely changing as he becomes more evil, which is really cool. Because recently I had a, a run-in with this other, this, um, I think she was a Darth something or other, forget her name, but she was looking pretty hideous as well. Her eyes had turned red and she had black circles around him and then there was like these veins kind of going back from her eyes, you know, kind of like my guy looks too. So they were both a pretty hideous looking couple and they actually got it on, which was really funny. Um, so that was, that was How hilarious. How does that happen in that game? Just like a dialogue choice. I kept flirting with her and then eventually uh, there was a little interlude and, she said something like, come back anytime. <laughs> something about how vigorous it was, too. It was pretty funny. So I got a big kick out of that. <laughs> um, um, so I'm enjoying that. I have a few friends that are playing it with me. I had a good time talking with Scott um, from Afghanistan the other night. I almost <laughs> said his last name on the That's phone. That's military Scott. The, the, military Scott. Scott. I don't know yeah. if he's an army or what. From the South. But no, it's not, not Scott Southern from the Scott. South. It's not Southern Scott. It's Military Scott. So anyway, I had a really good time chatting with him while we were playing. I've got a coworker that plays. That I, we, we chat on Skype. Um, played some League of Legends. Actually, I'm still trying to figure out what happened one night because my, my friend swears I played another game after I thought I went to bed. So I'm still trying to figure out the mystery of that, especially since it's a character I would never play, which is Garen. Um, <laughs> pretty weird. So, yeah, it was an alien was abduction. You were passive aggressively saying, "Yeah, like, screw you guys! I'm sick of losing with you. I'm going to play by myself, and I'm going to play Aaron for the first time ever to do it." So, <laughs> it was really weird. You were going to show them not only were you so badass you could win a game, you're so badass My... you can play a character you don't like, <laughs> right, and, and still win somehow. Yeah, it was odd. Um, so I'm still trying to figure out that one. And then the other thing. Um, is I just tonight finished um, Tower Defense Lost Earth on the iPhone, 
And I, and I, when I say that I, I finished it, I played it in hard mode without losing any lives on any of the maps and didn't use any of the special abilities that you can do or anything like that, none of the bonuses. So it was like the uh, super hard mode, and I finally finished it. And i got to tell you, for whatever that game costs, five bucks or so, I have got a lot of hours of play out of that, and I'm really kind of glad it's over, to be honest. I'm like, I really want to use my iPhone for, you know, reading Kindle books or something besides playing that damn tower defense game. So kind of, kind of relieved in a way, but it was really fun and well worth the money. So if you're looking for a good tower defense game, um, tower defense lost earth is quite good from come to us. And that's it for me. Lightning round completed. You know what I think happened with that League of Legends game? I think it might have been back when you were combining cold medicine with <laughs> Jack and Coke. And you rum had like Coke. a... Or rum and Coke, yeah. And you had a blackout. Oh, but yeah, you were still yeah. actually conscious. And right. you just autopiloted through a game of League of Legends. <laughs> Could well be. I've been meaning to look it up just to see what it says about that game. Because it should be pretty obvious if it was Garen. But, yeah, and it uh, should be obvious if you... Somehow accidentally clicked, um, yeah, join game, and then fell asleep on your keyboard. <laughs> How embarrassing is that, though? I mean, really. Uh. <laughs> if aliens abducted you and you can't account for the time, it's yeah. pretty rational. <laughs> or if you had a blackout. <laughs> I'd like to think that that's what happened. <laughs> it just seems... It seems a little more comforting than any other explanation, you know. But. <laughs> We'll we'll get to the bottom of this. We'll we'll we will per- perform an investigation. We'll form a committee. As concerns of Sopa and Pipa have been sweeping across the internet, Hilly Scott was getting a little concerned and wondering why we hadn't talked about it in previous episodes. But what is what what turned out to be the case is. We had talked about it, but I was late in getting one episode up, and so he's two episodes behind, and then, oh. So uh, during this time, he sent a series of emails. See, this was the Dickensian reference from earlier. It's true. And I'll just give you a, a quick summary, but he said that he thought it was really cool when the, I think it was the Razor CEO. Yeah. At, at CES, made a giant PowerPoint slide that said, Fuck Sopa, and then tweeted it, <laughs> which, which was, was cool pretty looking. cool. It's pretty yeah. cool. It's like all the, the Razor teams up on the stage and says "fuck Sopa" in big green letters behind them. <laughs> yeah. And Hilgi Scott added, "I know Channel Massive isn't a political forum, so I'm cool if it's not mentioned on your podcast. Just thought I'd send it in case you haven't seen it already. I also know it's not a place for me to post YouTube videos. I just love Wild Zero and Guitar Wolf so much." So if you've been checking the comments section of our website for previous episodes, you might notice some strange videos that you might find pretty entertaining posted by Hilgi Scott. There is also one other thing that he said a couple emails later saying that, oh, yeah, I just finished listening to your latest two podcasts and realized that you have been talking about SOPA. Cool. Neither one of you guys have played through Mass Effect 1 and 2. Not cool. Later, guys. It's because we're too busy playing other wonderful games by Bioware. Or tower defense games. Or tower defense games, or lawyer games, or something that's rewarding and <laughs> or challenging. Just drawing notes and sending them to people. Or blacking out from too much um, cough syrup and <laughs> rum and coke. That's right. And playing Garen badly, apparently. <laughs> yeah, during the break, we confirmed that Mark apparently did play a game in a bit of <laughs> passive aggression. <laughs> Without giving any notice or, or or comment to his teammates, he just stopped playing with them and then played a game as care. <laughs> Did you win? Uh, no, it was a loss. <laughs> so even that didn't help, but it's kind of funny because you never play Garen. No, I must have had no idea what I was doing. Yeah, so we were hypothesizing that maybe it was either a blackout had occurred due to combination of cold medicine and rum and coke, or... He was abducted by aliens, and he would have been able to remember it, but now he can't account for that time period. Yeah. But you don't prefer I, that, that explanation. I, I don't like to think about the space alien aspects of it very much. <laughs> well, who knows? Maybe next time you're abducted, you'll finish Mass Effect 1 and make Hilgi Scott 
I know. I yeah, it might happen. You know. You know what I thought Maybe. when I read that comment from those? I thought of Jason. Oh yeah. I'm like that's yep. kind of more Jason's territory. <laughs> it is the Mass Effect fanboy thing. Yeah, he loves those games. He does. I'm sure that he's going to get Mass Effect three and play that too. I'm sure he's he's probably playing it now, even though it's not out yet. Yeah. <laughs> he just has those connections and those powers. Superpower. Fear him. Yeah. Fear, fear is the mind killer. Fear is the little death. Sorry, that was an archaic Dune reference from the movie. <laughs> Thanks for explaining Part that one because I didn't catch it. Yeah, sorry. I only catch the Dune references when Jason does them in that voice. The Queets and Cataract. My brother is coming with me. <laughs> that one. <laughs> it's the some. That's the Queets and Cataract. Not the one. I don't remember what it was. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's which some... I changed. I like to call the Cuisinart hat rack. <laughs> Quizot Sadarak, I think, is the. Quizot. <laughs> he is know. the Quizot Sadarak. That's what it is. There we go. Nice <laughs> little flashback for our listeners there. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, everyone. Being this drinking uh, nothing is really weird. It's sobriety. It's for a quality show across yes. the board. Yes, it's true. Let's see what uh, new highs we can reach in our next section. And lows. go with our roundtable discussion first up we're going to talk about everything that's been going on related to sopa and pipa i'm not sure if it's supposed to be called pipa but since i string it into sopa pipa it works really well so papillas so papillas a lot has happened in the last week of course there were a string of studios one after another that started to announce that they were against sopa it started with Epic, and then there was Riot Games, and then Runic, and other companies started to jump on the bandwagon. And when Firefall's studio, which I think is Red 5, jumped on board, it really started to feel that the whole, look at me, get us free pass press action was in full swing. Now, granted, they followed through. They shut down their beta for 24 hours in protest to the SOPA Act, and... But that wasn't it, because Red 5 was determined to one-up all the other studios and announced that it was also not going to go to the 2012 E3, because that's put on or organized by the Entertainment Software Association, which a few weeks ago went on the record in support of SOPA, making a lot of people in the game industry really angry, especially a lot of the game developers, because they're likely members of the ESA and that's probably why some people were hesitant to say anything because, like, well, we're members of the ESA, but the ESA supports SOPA, but we don't support SOPA. But it just really started to feel kind of cheesy after a while, and it felt like it was free press, free press. And Red 5 saying they're not going to go to E3 just – it's like, come on. The benefits of going to E3 I think vastly outweigh what's going on with SOPA. And it's way out in the future. It's in June. It's in the and I think this whole – SOPA PIPA thing is going to be resolved by then, potentially canceled, yeah. gone, reborn as something else. Something evil. And I know, having gone to PAX with Southern Scott and seen the mammoth booth and all the money that they were able to put into creating a booth and place the, uh, areas that you could play the game, Firefall, I know that they can do it, but I'm guessing that's really just a budget thing because I'm pretty sure the floor space at E3 is a lot more expensive. But it's like, oh, hey, yeah. we'll, we'll make it. We're saying that we're protesting against SOPA, and that's why we're not going. And it's just like, oh, come on, guys. Don't lump all that together. Yeah, I think you're right about that. I, I don't know. You know, IGL Studios came out in favor of SOPA. I don't know why. I, okay. I, <laughs> Nobody knows our, IGL Studios. Our CEO is a mysterious – and oh, that's our studio – our CEO is a mysterious character. Many believe is undead and died several years ago, but still continues to live somehow. So, you know, it's it's an enigmatic kind of character that can do something like that and come out for SOPA, you know, while still, you know, being behind a, a podcast like ours. But uh, I don't know, you know, I guess, I guess, you know, some people just try to, to make waves and, this Firefall thing, their studio, you know, shutting down the beta for a day, kind of silly, I think. Canceling the E3 trip, like you say, maybe budgetary. I think it's funny um, when when Riot announced that they were against it and they had 
um, their lawyer fielding all questions on Reddit, one of the interesting things was they were like, are you going to, you know, close down your game for a day to protest? And they're like, we would alienate so many of our, our players if we did something like that. It's out of the question. Like, we'll support the effort, but, you know, we'll do everything we can, but we're not going to shut down our service and just basically punish our our uh, our players for, for, you know, this effort. So, I don't know. Everybody has a different way of handling it, I guess. Yeah, that makes sense, especially for a game that has such a large international community. I mean, we yeah. didn't see that going on with Blizzard and right. World of Warcraft or any of the other major MMOs that I can think of. And this was all in advance of doing a blackout across the internet on Wednesday, and a lot of major companies participated. Google participated by blacking out its logo. Minecraft shut down its servers for a day or its website domain. And I can think of some other. There's another. There's several game news websites. Well, yeah, yeah, I was saving that for last. I was building up for that. But there was several. I I apologize for that. Who did that? And also Wikipedia went on blackout which for both Mark and I was a frustrating exercise because it just reminded us how often we love to go to Wikipedia and research stuff. And you were taunted because if you went to an article at Wikipedia, you'd see it briefly for a second and then it would be covered with the censorship. Well, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of links on, you know, other websites that just always refer to stuff at Wikipedia. So even if you weren't just going to Wikipedia directly to look up something, other places just refer you to that as like the definitive answer to what does this three-letter acronym stand for or something like that. And then you go exactly. there and it's blanked out and you're like, holy crap, I couldn't live without this tool. It's got to be, you know, I know it's one of the new wonders of the world. Yeah. You know, there's like the internet and Wikipedia is up there with it. But uh, yeah, horrible not having it for a day, a full day. It was just like devastated. I'm glad that this isn't how it always is. And Reddit was also offline too, which is funny because the guys that I know that are addicted to it at work all were aiming me and or texting me or whatever saying, Oh my God, Reddit's down. This is going to be an epic day of productivity for our company. (laughs) I didn't know there were people still using Reddit. Oh yeah. Nobody at my company uses it. We just totally shelved it from being even used on our website to refer content. Wow, no, there's a lot of people I know that still are really into it's it. It's so yesterday. I know. First it was Dig, then Reddit. What's the new Reddit? What where, what all the kids read these days? Facebook. Sadly. Facebook? I've never heard of that. You'll have to tell me about that after the podcast. But yeah, there's and even StumbleUpon. Not really. Oh. Pinterest gets mentioned a lot at my job, but that's it's not the same type of functionality. So that's why I, I can understand why people are still using their favorite bookmarking sites. Yeah, yeah. So all of this blackout activity still went forward, even though even the president spoke out against the bills on Friday. Some Congress people were starting to speak out, and it just kind of reached fever pitch over the weekend in advance of the blackout, and Congress actually shelved the bill, the SOPA bill at least, on Monday, saying that it needed to be reworked, even after the whole... There was uh, some DNS functionality that was pulled out. Hmm. Was it? Was it the um the DNS filtering? So yeah. The, the I think the original sponsor of the bill, represent Republican Chairman Representative Chairman Lamar Smith from Texas, he pulled out the DNS filtering provisional law, which was probably the most contentious portion. But yeah. even after that, on Monday, it's just like you know what. Even with that, this needs to be redone. It's fundamentally flawed. Redo it. But there's still the other bill, PIPA. <laughs> That's out there. And the latest news on that is Senate Democrats have been, quote-unquote, released from PIPA, which I'm not a, the biggest political savant, so I'm not exactly sure what that means. But it basically sounds like the Democratic votes – aren't going to really be showing up for PIPA, or, and they're not going to be – Democratic senators are not going to be getting lobbied and encouraged to vote for the bill. That's this so is sad all for that bill. rumor right now. Yeah, so we'll see what happens. Well, hopefully we'll come up with another sweeping, ill-formed bill to replace these that will <laughs> also, you know, have vast – 
sweeping, you know, uh, impact that is utterly ridiculous, and we can all waste our time on that too. What's funny is there's this great article from the New Yorker that yeah. actually, because a lot of people were running around using the most apt analogy or comparison that they could when arguing against SOPA, and that was comparing it to China, who has a really intense firewall. So many things are either filtered or if not flat out blocked to Chinese who access the internet. I mean, whole websites aren't there. Google got yanked itself out of there because it couldn't provide search engine results the way that it wanted to. And so, of course, all sorts of Americans are getting up in arms and taking onto the internet, bitching about it. And China's just been kind of laughing about it because it keeps getting referenced about it. Right. And one person wrote, quote, in China, a commentator wrote, the Great Firewall turns out to be a visionary product. The American government is trying to copy us. And then another notable quote was, at last the planet is becoming unified. We are ahead of the whole world. And the <laughs> American imperialists, unquote, are racing to catch up. Which is interesting because yeah. they live with this every day. And there's definitely been reports that some people are in China are very dissatisfied with it. And yet it's it's really interesting to see how they feel about it. It's There's... ironic. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. Yes, go ahead. Oh, it was just ironic when you read the article that one one guy that one uh, one Chinese guy that wanted to um, put a post up about it kept trying to post it and it kept being just summarily dismissed from one of their popular you know blog sites. Couldn't even get it to post. What's so. interesting is. It's a, this is the conclusion from the New Yorker story, which was written by Evan Osnos. It says, the most eloquent response to the controversy, perhaps, was one that nobody saw at all. Commentary, commentator Shihan wrote uh, about trying to post a comment to Tencent, the giant Chinese portal. Tencent is the company that owns Riot Games. <laughs> and Tencent That's was the one crazy. saying, you cannot post this. That's too funny. They're just operating by the law over there, I'm sure. But it's just, yeah. it's funny that it all ties together and comes back. Oh, comes, it's all full circle. To League of Legends. To League of Legends, <laughs> which you must play if you haven't tried it. Um, <laughs> I had one more thought about that. Um, oh, yeah, I was just wondering if in China, if your bill gets shot down, do you do you take, do they shoot you in the head? I don't know. Well, it's, it's something that they can't really do over there they can't protest politics yeah. whatsoever yeah the, the, in a way even though they were kind of snarky about what was going on one commentator wrote we should learn something from the way these american internet companies protested against sopa and pipa a free and democratic society depends on every one of us caring about politics and fighting for our rights we will not achieve it by avoiding talk about politics well that was a good point yeah it's hard i mean they, that is a difficult country if you're going to want to make a process Absolutely. like that. Absolutely. I've seen that in you know a tongue-in-cheek way. But, yeah, it's it's pretty serious when you can't say anything, when you can't protest, when you can't, you know, you have no freedom of speech, you know, speech mm -hmm. as far as, you know, unless they tell you exactly what to do, like with the North Korean switch in power where they had the entire um, population out in squares crying. And they you were know. punishing insincere mourners. Yes. Can you believe that? Wow. It's almost like the office space part with the flare, you know. Well, you've cried for five minutes, but over there, you know, Ming Lee there's been crying for a good ten minutes, so what's your problem, you know? <laughs> we're not really we're, feeling it She over has here. tears, and yeah, we're not buying it. So, a great and glorious leader has past but soon his son will lead us to a new age of prosperity and glory so see there hilgi scott we've gone way too far into politics this episode that's right <laughs> hope you liked it yes now we're going to get more back into pure game content getting into actually the programming of games mark you found a this article oh, about I, something going down with visual studio i found a hilarious article today um Basically, they've added an achievement or a badge system and a leaderboard to Visual, Visual Studio, Microsoft's premier um, IDE um, for uh, development. So this is like 
anybody doing anything serious with um, you know .NET development, um, you know even even the like game development platforms for it, um, anything having to do with Visual Studio, you can now get achievements, and some of them are hilarious. Uh, there's like a full list of some of the achievements you get. Extensions Junkie installed five extensions to Video Visual Studio. Extensibility rocks. Now some of them sound kind of silly, but they're funny. Job Security Badge. Um, write 20 single-letter class variables in one file. Kudos to you for being cryptic. <laughs> um, turtles, turtles all the way down. Write a class with 10 levels in, of inheritance. Now that's a sweet inheritance. Regional manager, add 10 regions to a class. Your code is so readable if I only didn't have to keep collapsing and expanding. Uh, <laughs> potty mouth, use five different curse words in a file. Wash that mouth out with soap. Save a tree, print source code. My boss told me to, I swear. I mean, it's actually going to be monitoring and giving you badges and stuff. When I first saw this, I actually looked at my calendar to make sure it wasn't April 1st because it was so funny. Um, interrupting cow, this is from the interrupting cow knock-knock joke. Have ten breakpoints in a file. Where's that bug? Could 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 be here. Could be here. Could be anywhere. Um, and then what's really funny? I looked at the leaderboard to see who is number one. It's this guy Tube right now, and he's got some that are just really funny. Um, the best one was Lonely. He got the Lonely achievement. Code on a Friday or Saturday night. Coding tonight. Ouch. <laughs> so anyway, kind of funny. I, I like it. it. It really gets to this whole gamification movement that's so trendy right yeah. now. I want it to be applied to my the rest of my life somehow. You know what you know? it kind of reminds me of? I'm not sure how directly correlated it is, but I remember when I was in school, and you probably remember this when you were in school, elementary school, that not everybody was a winner, and not everybody got a ribbon, and not everybody got a trophy. I do remember that. <laughs> there was actually winners and there were losers. Whereas nowadays, what I always hear about is that, you know, there's graduation classes for every single grade in school and there's awards for every single mediocre attempt and everybody wins in, in certain games and activities and gets acknowledged. I actually went and saw a rodeo of all things. Oh my God. On Saturday, I went to the Western Stock Show, <laughs> the National Western Stock Show. Well, yeehaw! Southern Scott would appreciate. Did you wear your assless chaps? No, I didn't. Good, good, good. No. I actually don't own any, as it turns out. Oh. I oh. hate to crush that hope for you, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> My fondest desire shot down in flames. Oh, well. Man, you totally, like, sidetracked me from what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, because you had to envision yourself walking around a stock show with assless chaps on. No, I, well, it's funny because I was thinking about that because there were chaps everywhere. <laughs> And cowboy hats and, and stuff like that. But unfortunately, I had a point that was actually relevant to the discussion, unlike what uh, Mark said. <laughs> so, Gamification. Oh, was it, were there like no losers at the stock show rodeo? Oh, or yeah. Something? Thank you. So there was mutton busting. Do you know what mutton busting is? Yeah. It's where you strap your kid to a uh, to a lamb or something or sheep I've and hope for the best. I've never seen that before. Yeah. It, really awesome they had like these these six-year-olds <laughs> getting trying to ride sheep they weren't strapped to them they were just holding on to them but at least they had helmets my buddy oh, yeah. actually said when he last saw it they, the kids weren't even wearing helmets and uh, it was pretty funny because the sheep were very angry about being ridden by children oh, but yeah. at the end, they all got like three foot tall trophies Oh, that's too cool. Everybody was a winner, even though up until that point, they'd actually ranked them. And they said, this is the first place winner. This is the second place winner. But in the end, everybody gets an award. But I just feel, oh, go ahead. I feel like our society is kind of advanced towards that. That yeah. every activity is going to be awarded no matter how mediocre or ridiculous or silly it is, which apparently works. No, I went... I went to my son's first year of preschool graduation ceremony, and I was like, really? 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 And I have a picture of it. He had no idea what was going on when he got his little piece of paper diploma that said he, you know, congratulations, you didn't potty during class much. <laughs> you know, it was like really just like sad. But, yeah, it's that's exactly how it is. There are no winners or losers anymore. Everyone's a mediocre winner. You're always winning something. It's like in The Incredibles where the kid, where the, the son Flash has to run that race and come in second. It's just 
It's awful, you know. But and and to the mutton busting thing, it's funny because I've jokingly thought that I should enter my daughter in that because she's not really very, she's not like huge like my son is for his age, but she's a maniac. I think she'd do really well. I think it'd be hilarious. My son would just like kind of probably it'd be more like he was grappling with the sheep than actually riding it. <laughs> he's kind of big, but yeah, I think it'd be pretty funny to put my daughter on one of those, but don't think it'll happen that's a shame it's it's pretty entertaining to watch oh it looks it it is hilarious i've seen some videos of it and and whenever they cover the stock show on the news they always show it and it's just hilarious to see those sheep they don't look happy no i do not i am not digging this there's one sheep that was so angry it just ran and ran and there was a whole bunch of other sheep that had already been ridden just standing on the other side of the arena and the, sh- the sheep the kid was on just ran directly into the other sheep and knocked him over. And they kept on running through them. <laughs> the sheep was just angry at the world. <laughs> angry sheep. That's funny. Was it uh, was it a black sheep by chance? No, they were all white. They are all white sheeps. They were mm. big, too. I don't know. They were bigger than I expected. Maybe they were supersized. The cows I saw at the stock show, too, they were huge. They were as big as my car. I, I had no idea they got that big. Wow. So, yeah, they were big, broad pieces of beef mm. <laughs> ready to be eaten. <laughs> yeah, that's what I tend to see when I look at bulls and cows and such. Dinner. Dinner. Outback, <laughs> Outback Steakhouse comes to mind. Um, so what else do we have? It looks like in random news stories, EA stock tanks on Star Wars, the Old Republic fears. Yeah, so get this. This There's, is kind of. It, it's these meddling analysts. They would have gotten away if it weren't for these meddling analysts. <laughs> but an, an analyst named Todd Mitchell at Breen Murray Carrot and Company lowered Electronic Arts's price target, and he's, he's the reason why he did is because creeping concerns. Yeah, quote creeping concerns over the future of the the, the successful future of Star Wars The Old Republic. And specifically, he was quoted as writing, specifically, initial sales appear to be below expectations and casual observation of early play is causing us to rethink our churn assumptions. And lo and behold, this actually caused EA's stock to drop quite a chunk. Well, I wouldn't say that it tanked, as no. this sensationalist headline put it. Yeah, it only was down either. 6%. But it's really... It, I was really surprised because I've generally heard lots of positive things about it, that it sold a million units, that all of its servers are way overloaded. Yeah. There was a really there were a lot of great positive reviews of the game. And shoot, look at you guys who are playing it. You continue to play it. You're really enjoying it. Yeah. Having a good time. And I'm like, where is the big failure here? Yeah, I'm, it seems contrived. And I'm like, what is this quote-unquote casual observation of early play what does that mean is what i think that means is i think they're going to metacritic and reading all the people who are just flame posting over there because they're mad about the old republic either being an mmo or not being mmo enough or whatever you know or being too much like warcraft not being a true sequel to knights of the old republic or blah 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 blah. and so they're giving it you know zero out of ten right and I feel like that's what this analyst means by casual observation, because yeah. clearly he's missing the forest for the trees. And it's really irritating that this had a major impact on stock prices because it just seems really uninformed. And I believe that I can say that because my, that opinion is backed up by other analysts who are more often quoted in the gaming press, specifically Edar's Jesse Divnich, who Michael Pactor is actually not quoted in the story. Thank goodness. Jesse Dippner said, some sell site analysts have such bad tunnel vision on the market that they fail to understand the mechanics of the MMO vertical. Whether MMO, console game, mobile, or social, each have a completely different business model. It is erroneous to apply success metrics from other verticals to the MMO market, and that is exactly what a lot of analysts are doing. Yeah, I think so. I think it's silly. It's got an 85 on Metacritic, which is a pretty solid score. What is the user review score? Uh, 6.0. Yeah, see, that's that. It's it's half flames, half ten out of ten. Well, people are just, you know, I'm. Let me look up World of Warcraft. It's going to be roughly the same. I, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. 
Because people are so emotionally... Like, it's a 6.9 for World of Warcraft. Yeah. And a 93 the for the meta score. Leader. Yeah. And I would feel um, that that'd be similar uh, to observe that and make it well... You know, yeah, the critics liked it, but what are the gamers really saying? They hate it. They hate it. Yeah. It's going to fail. The subscriptions are dropping like flies. Another analyst, Colin Sebastian over at Baird & Company, kind of said something similar to Divinch. The game doesn't appear to be the smash hit that some have thought, but I think it's way too early to be to be signing the death warrant. And I agree. Yeah. Even it's... as a person who's not playing the game, I think it's ridiculous. Well, even as a person who thinks EA is a kind of a shitty company, um... You know, I, I, it's like just don't screw around like that with reality. That is just and how just is this not a smash hit? I feel like it's been doing really well. It has I, been doing well critically. If it sold like a hundred thousand units, maybe. Yeah, but it's million. I'm I'm not seeing any kind of uh, lack of players on my server that I've been on. Um, you know, I mean, I I have more, and and I'm playing you know two different characters at different levels, so. You would think maybe in a MMO by now the lower levels would be utterly abandoned, but no, there's plenty of players to do pickup groups with and stuff. So it's it's just it's just silly. It's just and even EA know. went on record. I don't know how accurate this is anymore, but like a year ago, saying all we have to do is just sell 500,000 copies of this game to be profitable. Yeah, and you and I were like aghast because we were like, well, if a third of your income goes to um lucas films licensing that doesn't make sense like i you know just because it's like the biggest bioware it's bigger than all the other bioware games they've ever made combined like yeah. it does i still don't think it makes sense that that works for them but they said it so you know <laughs> i guess we'll go with it but you know i know they've they sold over a million right off the bat people are continuing to buy it that haven't played it some people are just waiting for the price to go down a little bit for the, uh, you know, the product, and then they, they're fine with the monthly thing. So, I don't know. And, you know, one other thing while we're on this subject, you know, in our last podcast, I was kind of lamenting about how, you know, they're really going to have to get some content out or it's going to be bad. And they already did come out with a patch with a bunch of content for high-level stuff. So, they are definitely getting that part right. Yeah, and they're planning right. on having the full huge expansion or chunk of content available within a year or yeah. within a year's time. So they're trying to get that down to a 12-month cycle, which is what WoW tried to do. It just hasn't been able to pull it off. But, you know, they'll, um, they'll pull do for it. Them. Hope it does well. I do too. And what else we have? Oh, yes. We have one other ridiculous comment from Namco Bandai's Senior Vice President for Europe. This happens sometimes. I feel bad. For the Europeans, there, <laughs> North American press just love to jump on whenever a European spokesperson for a game company makes a comment that can be taken out of context or, or just really is dumb, which I think is is the case here. The name of this person is Olivier Comte, which I'm guessing Ooh. maybe is French or something, but he said, "Free to play games can't be high quality." He just kind of said. No, can you say it with your French accent? With while smoking uh, an imaginary cigarette? Free to play. No, I can't do it either. I can't do it. Oh, uh, I, free to play games can't be high quality. I don't know. It sounds like <laughs> that was like accent. Russian Spanish yeah. sort of. All right, never mind. <laughs> he continued that that we have two or two thousand or three thousand developers, and we need to put a certain value on certain work. When you're a big company. You can't take risks too quickly. You can't make a change just because there's a fashion for a couple of years. You want to be there in 20 or 30 years. So he's basically saying that free-to-play games that are out there are just really crap. They're, they're yeah. low quality. And they've lowered consumers' expectations of what games should be because yeah. they're free, if not super cheap. And it's like, well, this is fine by me, and I, I really don't want to pay 50 bucks for a game because I'm satisfied with this really shallow experience on a phone or a tablet. You know, when I when I read that article, it it's, he says one thing, but it sounds like he's describing games for the Droid and the Apple um, iPhone, you know, as opposed to free to play games because those aren't free to play. 
you know, I mean, they think yeah. their their bargain bin costs, you know, five, six dollars or three dollars or something like that. But they're not yeah. free to play. Those stack up. You can't go on a spending spree all day long every day. And yeah, I I would agree wholeheartedly that those do lower expectations. Um, most of them, you know, are not what I would call, you know, top tier AAA titles. Um, but then. When he, but then the title of the article is free to play can't be high quality and I'm like well the free to play game I like the most is League of Legends and it's totally high quality and it's owning the industry pretty well right now. Well, yeah, and then think so. of all those other MMOs, whether it's Dungeons and Dragons Online, Lord of the Rings Online. Yeah. Um, oh, uh, Champions on. Well, oh darn, I shouldn't have brought that one up. Um, but some that are actually successful. Star Trek like just Lotros, went free to play. Yeah, a lot of them are going. So free-to-play is also a destination for a AAA title that just can't, you know, has run out of gas, you know, and it's a way that to kind of... a lot of money to sustain itself. Yeah. And those are super high quality. Age uh, of Conan. Yeah. Yeah. So it, uh, according to the article, we don't have all the direct quotes here, but Tom was saying that very low-price iPhone games and free social games had decreased consumers' expectations of what games should be overall in terms of quality and depth. And that real big-time publishers and developers are at risk of having their industry collapse because of this new perception. <laughs> Damn those free-to-play developers. They're ruining it for everyone. <laughs> it just doesn't make sense because doesn't another make sense. argument against this is it's a gateway type of experience. Eventually you're going to be like, hey, I want to play some other game. And I really enjoyed these two-buck games. Maybe if I buy the six-buck game, I'm going to really enjoy it. And then inevitably they'll find one that's really good. And they're like, well, I think that I got a lot out of that six-buck game. I'm kind of more open to spending ten bucks on this one just because it looks like it has a really cool theme. And and I can just see it just kind of snowballing and, and that's ultimately growing the market. And that's when they'll inevitably buy for $69 Blood Rain 3 and be terribly disappointed. <laughs> and then it's all over. <laughs> yeah, and then they go back to free-to-play. <laughs> the circle yeah, the of life is complete. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like a phoenix rising from its ashes, their love free-to-play will be reborn. Listeners, let us know what you think of all the things we've talked about. Are you happy with how the whole Sopa and Peepa thing has played out over the last week? I'm sure that Hilgi Scott has some comments on it. And... Do you feel that this statement about free-to-play games are ruining the game industry, essentially, if that's true? And if there's anything else that you want to tell us about, what do you enjoy an older public? If you're a achie- an achievement whore for Visual Studio, we'd love to hear about that. <laughs> if you're a staunch defender and apologist for Firefall, please feel <laughs> yeah. free to explain your point of view. <laughs> yeah, please make sense of it. Please. Yeah. Send all those thoughts and more into mail. M-A-I-L. At channelmessage.com. We look forward to hearing from you. We hope you liked this episode. Next week, we should have Ryan back on the show. You may remember he was our pro gamer guest back in, I think, October, maybe, of last year. And he hadn't played League of Legends yet. He barely played a little bit. Well, since then, he has been on a massive League of Legends tour of duty. And And it'll be really interesting to hear what his perspective is. And he's been recruiting his uh, pro gamer friends to play it too, right? Yeah, they are something else to play with. It's a little bit intense because they have learned all of the lingo and all the science of the game just like that because they're savants at figuring out game systems. And it's pretty fun to play with them, but it's a little intimidating as well. So you'll get to hear about how all of that came to pass in the next episode. If you have any questions about pro gaming or other stuff like that from that episode that we had back in October that you want Ryan to speak on, send all that stuff in too. Until then, have a great week. We'll be back then. Bye. I played a World of Warcraft for 10 years. If I can't play Diablo 3 soon, I might just kill myself.